Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. So uh, response this morning, Galatians chapter 3 response, I actually gave Corey the chapter to have a look at and said what would you speak on and he just said good luck. Um, because actually Galatians is a book of six chapters and it does keep repeating a lot of the things because it's all about being free. Galatians is about the fact that Christ has set us free, yeah? So we're not slaves, we're not chained, we're not burdened, we're actually free to worship and free to praise. And we want to see that freedom in our lives. But um, what is our response to God and what is our response to each other and what is his response to us this morning? Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever flown Ryanair. Anyone ever flown Ryanair? Okay, a few people. What happens when you land, when you come into land on a Ryanair airplane, what happens? They play it while the wheels bounce, but they play a fanfare, don't they? As if it's like, yes, you've landed. Well, you weren't sort of going for half the price, were you? You weren't going for just the takeoff. Um, They play a fanfare to say, yes, well done, we've made it. Okay. The response to the plane landing is that all all the passengers clap and go, yes, thank goodness we're here. We're safe. It's okay. Um... Or if you go and see a show, if you go and see a show or somebody singing, you see people applauding, don't you? The response to an actor or a singer that has done well is to applaud, yeah? Or even maybe a standing ovation, maybe, yeah? Maybe a few, woo, yeah? That's the response, isn't it? Put put your hand up if you've responded to an actor or a singer in that way, yeah? Some people just don't like actors or singers or you're refusing to put your hands up. Honestly, you can do it. Um... Could you imagine if a plumber came round to your house to fix your boiler and after he'd finished you went, yes, good job, good job. Well, oh, the, way you, the way you put those pipes together, it was marvellous, marvellous, more, more. You, you know, that isn't the right response in that situation. But actually, you know, we, we should do a well done at the very least, shouldn't we? Or thank you for doing your job, maybe. The response is to pay the plumber, maybe, uh, if he's done a good job, and to say thank you. But our response is sometimes it's expected. You get to an end of a show, and even if it's been rubbish, you clap your hands, don't you? Yeah? Because you just think, well, I've got to, it's what is expected of me. You might not do a standing ovation, but you'd clap politely. But then there's a spontaneous response, and we've already heard a bit of that this morning, which is great because... God is a God of creativity, and God is a God who wants to set us free. You know, we've got, um, a, give, us a, give, us a, give us a shout if you're from uh, the Nigerian community this morning. Okay, yeah. I've, I've heard a rumor, okay, and I've been to church in Africa that, you know, some of the English people in here believe it's too loud, but the Nigerian people think it's too quiet, okay? So, Nigerian people, I want to give you permission. You do not have to become English, Okay, you can be free to be who you are. Okay, so I want you to, yeah, yeah, rest, yes. Okay, because in you being who you are, you might encourage other people. You know, somebody said to me, oh, it was a bit cold in church last week. We hadn't put the heating on ready for the the temperature change. And I just said, well, I wasn't cold, but maybe if you move around a bit, (laughs) you know, then actually you'll warm up. And they went, well, I wanted to, but then other people might. It's like, well, if you want to, do it. You know, in terms of praising God, if your praise is to do that, then don't, don't think that person next to me might not like it. 
because actually God loves it. You know, David danced with all his might. He danced in his underpants. Don't do that, okay? But he danced in his undergarments. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 3. Just like last week, um, there are some questions. They are on the front desk. So if you want to go home and have a look at Galatians and ask some questions, get together with a partner or in your connect groups in the week if you want to use the questions, then there are questions for Galatians chapter 3. There are questions from last week too. So if you missed last week and want them, then please take them. Um, So as I speak this morning, I'm going to be picking lots of small verses rather than reading the whole chunk, okay? So Galatians chapter 3, I'm going to start off by reading three little passages that are in there. Verse 2, if you haven't got your Bibles, they should come up on the screen behind me. Galatians chapter 3 verse 2 says this, I would like to learn just one thing from you. This is Paul speaking to the church. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? That's the question Paul is asking. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by following the law or by believing in Jesus? That's the question. Verse 5 says the same thing. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Does God work miracles because of the law and the rules Or does he do it through his Holy Spirit? Does he do it because of the life that can be in us? The life that is in us? Does he do it that way? Verses 21 to 22 at the end of the chapter repeat this phrase, if you like, or repeat this this theme. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believed. In other words, life comes through faith in Christ. Life comes to us, freedom comes to us through belief in who he was and what he did and accepting it. That's where life is from, not through tradition not through rules this theme has kept coming up but it comes through faith because it was promised to those who believe god has made promises to you and to me this morning that are eternal promises to have a a life that is full if we have jesus promises to be with you always yeah that you are never alone promises that he will never let go of your hand you know promises that he has the best in in place for you that that life with him is far greater than life without him so the first point i want to make as we look at galatians chapter 3 our response is that we receive because we believed the response to jesus the response to the good news is to believe it that's the first response that we have to him to believe what he said to believe his promises to believe his truth to believe all those things and what is your response this morning to god You might have come in here and you might not believe. You might have been dragged here. You might be drifting off the path a little bit because you might be dragged here by parents. You might be here because you just think, well, I've got to be here. It's Sunday morning. That's law. (laughs) Open your heart to God this morning and say, God, I want you to be real in my life. I want to believe. I want to be that person of faith because actually he will open your eyes and your ears. But if we just come out of duty, if we come out of law, then actually... It will be hard work. It will be difficult. But we've got to believe who he is. You know, um, we've got young children here. Yeah, I've got to be very careful what I say. Um, 
because actually, you know, the tooth fairy, I don't know if any of you do those things, thank you, I've just got a nod from the parent, it's okay. Um, but, you know, I heard the other day, a child at Walney got four pounds from the tooth fairy, okay? Four pounds, I'll tell you, 50p if you were lucky, right? But I can remember a time, you know, and some people might disagree with that whole thing of, of saying that, but, you know, I can remember Joel when he was a child testing his mum by a tooth fell out and he didn't let on that a tooth had fallen out and he put it under his pillow to see what would happen. And then he summoned his mum up in the morning and said, ha-ha, and Ros went, let me see, and then <laughs> slipped something under and changed it. That's wrong, don't do that, okay. Um, but actually, once you sort of stop believing in the tooth fairy, okay, it doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, it doesn't happen. You don't get money under your pillow. Well, you do. I think Corey must put it there himself. But actually, when we don't believe, sometimes when the response is to believe, actually we see more openness to him. You know, when we discover the goodness of God, our response is to continue to believe and to accept him. You know, Jesus isn't the tooth fairy, okay? Jesus is historical. Jesus did the things that the Bible tells us he did. You know, nobody will deny that. But actually, Jesus has the best for us. Better than four pounds under your pillow, even. But our response to him is to seek him. And our response to him is to believe in him. You know, the very famous verse is, for those who believe he died for them. They will have eternal life, yeah? For God so loved the world that anyone who believes on him will not perish. It's a response to believe, a response of faith, a response of trusting. Verse 6 then says this. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness is being made right with God. So Abraham was made right with God because he believed God's promise. Simple. Abraham was made right with God because he believed God's promise. You know, you've got to have faith. A faith, a faith. Okay? That's what it's about. You've got to have faith. We've got to believe. You know, some people think of faith as a misplaced thing, that you just believe in because you believe. You just believe. This isn't blind faith we're talking about. This is a faith that is based on our experience. It's a faith that's based on the fact that we have seen God move. If I asked this congregation this morning to stand up and say how God has moved in your lifetime, lots of people would be able to stand up and testify to what God has done. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay. Eric's putting his hand up. Woo, we're getting there. Eric's becoming part Nigerian almost, okay? <laughs> now we just need the noise with it. Woo, okay, right. But it was credited because he had faith. Abraham's response to God, to God's promise, was to believe. Was to believe. It was simply to believe. You know, Abraham was given a promise that the world would be blessed through his offspring. That's talking about Jesus. Abraham... The world, not just the Jewish nation, not just Israel, the world will be blessed through your seed, through one person, not, not many people, through one person, that the world will be blessed. And you know, this morning, that includes you. You can be blessed through belief in God's Son, the offspring of Abraham. just want to make a point as I read that verse about Abraham. Abraham was about 450-ish years before Moses. The law came about because of Moses' time. So actually, the law didn't even exist at this point. 
The law didn't exist, so it can't be right. You can't be made right with God because of a set of rules. You can't be made right with God because of tradition. You can't be made right with God other than your response. And your response is to believe, to have faith. There wasn't a law, there was just a promise. Abraham had to believe because he'd been promised. And he'd seen and heard God. He knew God was with him because he walked with God. Do you know, Abraham tried to take the promise into his own hands. Have you ever done that? You know, have you ever done that yourself? Where something's been promised and you've tried to do something about it. Abraham tried to do something. Abraham had been promised a child. And he was getting older and older and older. So he eventually thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll make it myself, you know. So he took his wife's maidservant and they had a child together. That wasn't God's promise. That wasn't God's plan. He didn't fully commit. Instead, he tried to manipulate. He tried to make it his own way. But there was no law, you see. Abraham was still right with God. Even though he did those things that he shouldn't have done. Even though God was probably going, Abraham, what are you playing at? You know, I think God says, Johnny, what are you playing at? Several times. Yeah, Rebecca's nodding. I think she knows, you know, that God's saying that about me. <laughs> Johnny, what are you playing at? You know, God is saying, Abraham, what are you playing at? Why are you doing this yourself? Why are you trying to take matters? Do you not believe my promise? But we still know that Abraham was uh, made right with God, don't we? It wasn't because of rules. It wasn't because of law. It wasn't because he was a good person. But it was because he believed the promise. Because even though he made that mistake, he came back and recognized that God delivers on his promise. Do you recognize that God delivers on his promise? Do you recognize that our response is to believe what it is? Because it all goes wrong when we don't accept him at his word. So our response to God is to believe and to trust, to have faith. You know, we've sung already, but we're going to sing in a bit. And I didn't know this necessarily at the time, but there's a song, there's a line we're going to sing later on that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. It's not about knowing everything's perfect, but it's about knowing that he is perfect. It's about knowing that even when things might look difficult, he is with you in the boat. Even when things are tough, he is holding your hand and he is walking the path before you and has already walked that path before you, yeah? And we can trust him because he knows what steps to take. He knows what steps and he knows the difficulties we go. We're going to sing another one. Yeah, or we sang last week. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You know, to other people, sometimes if they look into our situations, it might look like we're surrounded by difficulties, that we're surrounded by storms. But it might look like we're surrounded. But as a Christian, if I have trust, if I have belief, if I have faith in Jesus Christ, I'm surrounded by him. Yeah? I'm surrounded by him. You know, this isn't blind faith. It's not just belief because. Our response is belief because we've seen and heard. Our response is belief because we know him. We can rely on him. You know, we go back, this building, we've talked about it before. On a human level, to buy this place and do the work we've done is a silly thing to do. It's bonkers. It was nice, the cozy and comfy and everything worked where we were. But actually, God had different plans. On a human level, it might have looked daft, but actually we trusted God and he has shown himself faithful. 
And then when he shows himself faithful, we believe even more. It increases our faith. It increases our trust. And it increases our dependence so that even in the difficult times, we know he's still there. Yeah? He's still there. Maybe your response is to perfect yourself. Maybe your response to God is say, yes, okay, I'm with you, God, but I'd like to do some bits myself. I'd like to work on it myself. You know, verse 3 says this, are you so foolish? That's what Paul says, not me. (laughs) Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? After starting out with me, are you now trying to do it yourself? That's the question that's being asked. I don't know if you've ever had to organize anything. It can start off simple but become a bit of a monster. Anyone ever had to plan or organize a wedding? Yeah? Yeah? Okay? Sometimes it starts off so simply, doesn't it? But actually, you know, you go to uh, maybe the first thing is if you don't invite Auntie Bertha and Uncle Fred, then you'll be in trouble. And if you invite Auntie Bertha and Uncle Fred, then you've got to invite Joe Bloggs. And if you invite this, anyone had that experience? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a wedding, it can be a party. And then you make the mistake of going to a wedding fair and you say, oh, I like the light-up dance floor. We've got to have the light-up dance floor at the wedding, haven't we? We need to have, a, we need to have that because that's going to look really good. And the 20-foot-high chocolate fountain, whew, got to have the 20-foot-high chocolate fountain so that all the children can dive in there and get covered in chocolate. I remember Thea doing that once. <laughs> Not 20-foot-high, it was a small one, but probably to Thea it looked 20-foot-high. And she was wearing a white dress. But you go to that wedding fair and you go, yeah, I've got to have the light-up dance floor. Got to have the, uh, got to have the chocolate, chocolate fountain that's 20 feet in the air. And before you know it, you've got your wedding and, and you've got your dogs as bridesmaids. You've got an eagle swooping down the aisle carrying the rings. You've got um, a string quartet accompanying a Pavarotti lookalike singing Ness and Dorma at the wedding. And then you have a flash mob at the end with confetti cannons. Before you know it, that's what happens. <laughs> but you know what? That wedding started so simply. How did that wedding start? It simply started by saying yes to a question. Yeah? That's what the wedding started like. It didn't start with all the bells and whistles. It started by saying yes. Yeah? Anyone who's married in here, your wedding started when you said yes to each other. That's the simplicity of it, isn't it? Would you have still been able to get married with that in place? Yes. If you'd have said, yo, who takes this man to be their lawful wedded husband? I know they said wife. (laughs) And you said no, then that's the end of it, isn't it? But if you say, who takes this woman or this man to be your lawful wife or husband? And you both say yes, that's all it needs, isn't it? And then you are in that contract of love, if you like. It starts off with a simple yes. And then all of a sudden... It becomes this massive, monstrous thing. And as I thought about that, I was thinking about our life with Jesus. You know, it started so well. Are you so foolish? It begins by the work of his spirit. Just saying yes to him. And then we start trying to work at it ourselves. And we start trying to add things. And we start trying to do things to make ourselves look better when actually we need to get back to the simple yes. This morning, we can say yes to Jesus. And that includes us in his family. It's that simple. We don't need to jump through hoops. There's no initiation ceremony. We don't take it out in the car park and, you know, 
throw things at you or anything like that or ask you to roll your trouser leg up or anything. You simply say yes to Jesus and you say, I believe he died for me and I believe he can set me free. That's it. But Paul said to this church or these churches, why are you making it so difficult? Why are you trying to perfect yourselves? It all started so well. So simple. Galatians 3 verses 2 to 4 in the message put it this way. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? If you're a Christian this morning, you are a new creation, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, thank you. Delayed. Must be a time delay between the microphone here. You are a new creation. Yeah, thank you. Come on, come on, Nigerian people, help me out, okay. <laughs> Only because I know you will. You know, don't be put off by the people around you who are very quiet and staid, it's fine, okay. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Maybe sometimes we feel we are now, but it wasn't. How did it begin? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Yeah, yeah. By responding to God's message to you. What's God's message to you? I love you. I gave my son for you. All you have to do is accept it. And the simple answer is yes. Yes. Are you going to continue this craziness? No. Steve's getting into it. Good. Come on, Steve. For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, I like this. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, then how do you suppose you could perfect it? If you're not smart or strong enough to start this work, this new life, then how do you think you're going to carry on making it better? We're not. It's up to him. It's up to him. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It's not a, a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. The response to God is yes. That's as Christians, that's what it takes. Yes, I want you to be on my journey. Yes, I believe Jesus died for me. Yes, I believe he rose again and beat sin. Yes, I believe I can be forgiven. Yes, yes, yes. Don't complicate it. Today, I believe our response to him is to get back to where it all started. Some of us have lost our way a little bit. Maybe we've thought we've got to do this, that, and the other, when actually we just need to say yes to Jesus. And we need to keep saying yes. Then we'll be free. We'll be free. <laughs> free. You know, freedom. Don't rely on our own efforts. What's his response to us? Well, he gave us a promise. He gave us a promise that whoever believes will be saved, that we are saved by grace, that Jesus died for all sin, all sin. Every mistake you or I have ever made or could ever make has been paid for. It's been paid for. When we say yes to Jesus, it's all cancelled. He knows the beginning from the end, so he knows what you're going to do next. So he knows the mistakes you're going to make. It doesn't stop you, but he still loves you. We just need to keep saying yes to Jesus. When he comes and says, I want you to say yes, we need to do it. But then you might say, Johnny, but he set all those rules. You read the Bible, it's got lots of rules in it. Galatians 3 verse 19 in the New Living Translation says, Why then was the law given? 
it was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Law was given alongside the promise. The promise is the important thing. The promise that you can be saved. The promise that you will have eternal life. The promise that you are loved. The law was put alongside it to give us some boundaries so we could see what's right and what's wrong. Yeah? Anyone ever cheated at a game? Oh, very honest. Vinny, Corey, very, very honest. Yeah. Well, the rules of the games give us boundaries. You know, they keep us safe. They show us the best way. They keep us in protective custody. If you cheat at games, somebody might never know. You know, I've played, I don't know if any of you have played Words with Friends, okay? It's on a, it's on a smartphone. Put your hand up if you've played Words with Friends. Hilly plays it a lot. Now, I'm not casting any aspersions on anybody who's played against me here, but I'm convinced peop some people who've played against me are using an online dictionary, okay? And nobody might see them using that online dictionary. And there's no rule in the game that says you can't use an online dictionary, but, you know, fairness and all that. It sometimes feels a bit like people have cheated. <gasps> Maybe I've cheated. <gasps> okay. I haven't. Okay. Honest. But why are the rules there in those games? Why is it, why is it not good sportsmanship to do that? Because actually it protects us and keeps us safe and means you know you're winning fairly. means you know you can actually say, yes, I beat you fair and square. <laughs> but the rules are there to protect us. Verse 3.23 says, Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak until the way of faith was revealed. It was there to protect us. The rules were there to say, if you, if, you, if you follow these, then actually you will be safe. Just like a father says to their child, you know, if you're gonna go to the shops, walk on the pavement, yeah? If you're gonna go to the shops, take your mobile phone so I can contact you just in case. If you're gonna go to the shops, make sure you've got your list with you. Is, is that fair? Yeah, it's just protective. But what's more important? The promise. And the promise this morning you can say yes to. You can say yes to the promise of God. You know, God is with us. What is our response to others? Galatians 3 finishes with this, 26 to 29. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All one in Christ Jesus. You know, this morning, if you said yes to God, if you said yes to Jesus and said, yes, I want you in my life, then we are all one in Christ. So stand up if you're English this morning, if you're English. Okay, look at that. Chris is very proud. Okay. Stand up this morning if you, if you count yourself as Scottish, Irish or Welsh. If you can't stand up, you're off. Okay. Very good. Stand up this morning if you're Nigerian. Stand up this morning if you are Australian. Stand up this morning if you're American, if you're Brazilian, if you're German, if you're any other nationality that I've not included. Does it matter that we are all from different nations? 
I didn't include everybody because I didn't know everyone was here. Does it matter that we're all from different places? No. no. Well, we need to start living like that, don't we? Because we are all one. Not because of where we come from, but because of who has made us. Who has made us sit down? Because then otherwise some of you, Ian's got a bad back. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. You no, know, it's funny, a clap starts, then people think, oh, I better stop, I better stop. Don't be, a, don't be ashamed because we're all one in Christ Jesus. So if you're sat next to somebody who wants to have a dance in the worship, you don't have to, but they can because we're all one in Christ Jesus, whether dancers or not dancers. If you're sat next to somebody who wants to shout hallelujah, amen, and you're thinking, no, that's not the way I respond, it doesn't matter because we're all one in Christ Jesus, whether shouter or silent. If you're somebody who wants to smile during the worship and say, yeah, I'm so happy I'm Jesus, or somebody who wants to look miserable in the worship, it doesn't matter. Well, it does a bit, but it doesn't matter. It's encouraging to smile. It doesn't matter because we're all one in Christ Jesus, whether smiler or miserable, you know? That's what counts, that we are all in Christ Jesus. Not that we're all English or Nigerian or African or American or from Walney, okay? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because we can be all one. So when we come to church, praise him like you want to praise him. Don't think, oh, I can't do this here. Praise him like you want to praise him. You are worshipping an audience of one, if you like. You come before him in your own place. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And you know, he will never let go of your hand. He will never let go of your hand. You might try and let go of his, but he will never let go of your hand. Whether slave or free, you know, many of us can become enslaved by something, but Jesus came to set us free. So let's live like it. Let's live like that promise that he has given us to be free, to be who he's made us to be. You know, if we're still struggling in life, it doesn't mean he isn't at work. Even when I don't see it, you're working. He's with you in the struggle. He has been through the same struggle. He has been through the same dark periods because Jesus went through hell to give you life. Jesus went through difficulty. His response, verse 29, he adopts us. He adopts us. Not just adopts us, we actually become his children. We have all the rights of a child. Not the rights of an adopted child, but the rights of a born child. The rights of a firstborn child. Permanent members of his family. So this morning, what is your response to him? Is it to say yes? Is it to believe is it to believe for more or is it to say, I'm quite close to this, thank you very much. I just come because it's what I need to do. So we're going to worship. Well, communion is this evening tonight. If you youth-led service, they're going to have communion. We're going to spend just some time in responding as we finish this morning. Paul's going to lead us. But I want to ask you, have you complicated life with God? Just like that wedding proposal, we need to get back to the simple, yes, Jesus. You know, Samuel in the Bible says, here I am. Here I am. That is our response to God. Yes to Jesus, 
here I am, use me. What will your response be? What was your response to each other? We're all one in Christ Jesus. Don't let's look down our noses at each other. Let's worship how we were made to. And let's recognize that he is the one who is pleased with our worship. It is a heart attitude. But yesterday when Liverpool scored a 95th minute penalty, I couldn't just go, yes, that's very good. You know, my heart was going, yes! And my mouth followed suit. So actually, my attitude to Jesus has got to be, yes, he died. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And this morning, so can you be. Maybe you're a Christian. Get back to the simple yes. Maybe you're not a Christian. Say yes for the first time. I want to invite anyone who's on our prayer team or who's confident in praying for people, can you just stand now and just go to the sides of the room, please? In twos, preferably, if possible. That'd be good. I don't know. We're a bit short this morning, maybe. Okay. Corey, do you want to go with Raymond? Then it's lads with lads. and Okay. So we've got two places for prayer this morning. As we worship in this next short time, I just want to encourage you to wait on him. And if you believe God is asking you to, to say yes to him, then do it. That is what faith is about, saying yes.